1: Hi, Jessica. (laughs) I like how you just said to me, take it easy, lemon squeezy. I did. You did. You got salty. I did get salty.
0: How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know, guys. I mohawked my hair more because it was not done right the first time. Yeah, even a nine-year-old told me it was so cute. So cute. I can't even take and it. And Elsie was like, oh, it's so good. I'm jealous. And I was like, well, you know, your hair's so long. Like, why don't you just shave the side? And she's like, no, my hair's too flat. This is all via text. So like right. I was just saying, she just said she was going to get a haircut. And I was like, oh, well, you should shave the side. And she goes, no, I feel like this person. And I don't want to do it because I'm this person. And it's really about how I feel. And I was like, <laughs> all right. Take it easy, lemon squeezy. I wasn't trying to push you into something you're not ready for. I'm not trying to take your virginity. Relax.
1: (laughs) I think that I would totally do it. Mind you, I did have hair kind of like that when I was in high school. Well, see, yeah, I've never experimented with my hair ever. I did. When I was in high school, I absolutely did. There were times when it was more shame. There was times when it was like all crazy. There was, you know, all that kind of stuff. And at this moment, dude, I'm not up for it. It's, you know what it is? It's because I, I feel that it would be a lot more like I'd have to buy product and then I'd have to do stuff. And the other thing is like, I have to go get my haircut more. That would mean that I would have to go get my haircut more. And I, you know, I go like every what, three to six months. I thought you were going to say years. Yeah. No. And so it's like, I'm not, when I had short hair, I had to, I think I had to go every five weeks at the most, mm-hmm. you know, and I just don't. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to probably have to have the sides trimmed like every two or three weeks.
0: Yeah. So,
1: that's, yeah, that's going to be that's, annoying. That's a bother. But the that salon's I don't across the street
0: from me. I mean, yeah, I hear what you're saying.
1: So, that's why I was being but salty. But I just couldn't be
0: someone's grandmother anymore, and you don't look like someone's
1: grandmother. I know. Although, okay, so here's all right. So, technically, I still might. But anyway, go ahead. So, I left, as everybody knows, I left the mountain in a. Very quickly, right? Because half our stuff is still there, mind you. We're still paying. Is we're, it? Oh yeah, it's it's still over there. So, but here's here's the thing about that. Uh, anyway, I left and I left all my bathing suits there because oh, you don't. Shit. Because you don't really think. Oh, I need my like. You know what I mean? When your house is, let's pretend. When your house is burning. You don't just go, oh, I have to go get my bathing suit. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's just not something you think about. What will I need for a summer road trip?
0: (laughs) No, you think, get me the fuck out of here.
1: Exactly. Like, where are my panties is what I would think, right? More like that. (laughs) Toothbrush pants, like stuff like that. Tech. Anyway, so... Honestly, I'm
0: amazed you brought any underwear. I'd be more worried about Hunter and May May having underwear. And well, I do. I, I actually own. have...
1: I, I do. I had... Well, everything... Well, anyway. Yes, they do have all their stuff. But anyway, so I'm leaving and and I left all my, you know, whatever. And so I'm like, oh, geez. And then the girls are going to a pool. That's like a big thing for us that they we want them to get more comfortable swimming and being in the water and all this stuff. So it's like a... It's a, it's a focus this summer. And we started to go to the pool and all of a sudden... Uh, grandma tells me, you know, you have to have a regulation bathing suit to go in the water. And I was like, what? Oh, okay. Because here I thought I was going to wear my shorts and like a, like a, you know, a workout top, like one of those. Like, I'm oh, not to get in the water. Yeah. Yeah, they don't, yeah they don't like So then I was like, really? So anyway, so yesterday I went over to Target of all places. Mind you, I've always been like a hoity-toity. I buy my bathing suits at the like, you know, made to order place on organic you know, cotton. Not really. On La Cienega in Hollywood, where you know you pay, you know, I don't know, a hundred dollars for a tiny little bikini bottom and a, even a smaller bikini top. So that's where I usually go. That's where I went. Um and so I'm like, oh, geez, I'm gonna have to go buy a bathing suit over at Target. Okay, whatever. You know, so I Dude, suck it up. The greatest well ever. the thing is I'm I'm stuck up about that stuff. I'm a total like coity toity like isn't that yes. hilarious that yeah. you're so like
0: I'm so Earth Mama? Yeah. Unless it's about bathing suits, <laughs> then it's like Balenciaga.
1: Yeah,
2: totally
1: ridiculous. Anyway, go ahead. So anyway, so I go in there and I'm like, I'm I had because we're going to the pool like in two days, so I had to have one, and I go. To to the thing, and I started to try the stuff on, and my girls are with me, which was like a whole experience. This is the first time that they've ever been in there, and they're gr- been grown up enough, so I don't have to keep grabbing a child trying to crawl underneath the seat, uh, the, the door, you know, to to escape. And um, but they were both really great in there. And then I'm looking at myself from the back, dude. Now I have the sagging skin. You know how like the sk- I don't know if you know- like you have. What like, are you talking about? Well, the, I, I, that this is what I'm saying. Like where your back. Now, like everything in my body now has, it's gravity is pulling it down. So it doesn't really matter how fat or skinny you are, regardless, your skin is still moving towards the earth now. So there is not this tone of just like everything's together. So yes, I am, I happen to be a skinny girl, but looking at myself from the back, the sides of my body are still sagging towards the floor. So I have like droopy, how do you say, what muffin tops? Is that how you call it? Oh them, yeah, okay. that's
0: over your um,
1: underpants, but yeah. Yeah, but still, I mean, think about instead, so what I'm talking about is not necessarily like right where the muffin top is like right by the pants where it like kind of, you know, like your jeans and it like the fat kind of comes up and out. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that stuff that's like right okay. the bottom part of your rib cage. And um, it, the skin is like basically just sagging down. Which is not That sounds terrible. It does sound terrible. And I was like, oh, great. I have like old lady skin on my back now. So that was really pleasing to me.
0: (laughs) I do know what you're talking about as far as gravity goes. Because before I had Isaac, I had normal thighs. Because I used to... (laughs) Run. Yeah. Yeah. And like I ran and, and I played field hockey and I tap danced. So actually, for a chubby girl, my legs do not have too much cellulite, believe it or not. But I noticed when I was pregnant, I was, well, I mean, you hold, I, usually when you have a boy, you hold the baby low anyway. But I thought, that's weird. It's like pushing my inner thighs, like under my petunia, as my nanny would say. <laughs> Your petunia. Right under the petunia. It's like a little, it's kind of like a little like water balloon that's been let out of. Let the air out, you know, and I was like, "That's never been there before." I've always had pretty tight legs, so I was like, "That just must be because the baby's there and like pushing." It's probably pushing like my thighs together, and making like a little, a little extra thigh right under the petunia. That's cute. Well, then I gave birth to him. And then I was like, "Wait, that's not." going away that's like an that's like two thigh now i have four thighs (laughs) because i have like the normal ones that look fine and then right under the petunia i have this like this is like little pocket of like gravity like you said pulling the skin from my leg down right there like it's tight it's pretty tight everywhere else but like i guess because i haven't been working out my inner thighs the way i used to there's like now an extra little like like a little pocket. It's hard to explain. I'm trying to think if there's anywhere else. Oh, there's another thing. My nanny, who's also my sister-in-law, she's in a – like she, her weight – some people gain and lose weight at ridiculous paces. Right. They gain a shit ton. They lose a shit ton. They gain a shit ton. They lose – she is one of those people. I am a person who, regardless of if I'm 10 pounds over or underweight, I always wear the same size. I've literally worn the same size since my daughter was born. It is a plus size, but it has not gone down. It has not really gone up. Even when I was pregnant with Isaac, I was still wearing the same size. When I was done, I was one size lower. Now I'm one size higher. It's still the same size I was before I got pregnant with him, so it doesn't really matter. So when we went on a cruise together about 10 years ago, she was heavy, heavy, because her father had just gotten out of hospital. We were all pretty heavy. And so when I look at pictures, I'm like, God, you know, like our faces are so round and everything is so round and like her stomach was big, but it was like... I don't know, like in the middle, but now she's, it's different. Her face is thinner and her arms are thinner, but like around the stomach, it's just lower. It's like low and that's gravity. I think it's gravity. Like I was talking to Scott and I'm like, but she's heavier 10 years ago, but she looks heavier in once in certain places. If you gain the weight, it's like you look different now. She was probably 50 pounds lighter than she was then, but it's all sitting like on her hips. Uh, as opposed to before when your face is fuller or your arms are fuller like that doesn't happen at 40. You don't carry it the way you did at 30 because of gravity. Right. It just sucks.
1: Dude. All of it sucks. It's not All fair. Of it sucks. It is not fair. But you know, whatever. I like the way that Randy was in we were in the car yesterday. I don't even know where this came from. I forgot where the what the conversation was about. Oh. May said something like we were going through our old neighborhood which was like the crappiest neighborhood that ever lived on on this earth, kind of. Oh my and God. so we were going through our old neighborhood because we were going to somebody else's house. And and then May goes, I don't like old things because all the houses are dilapidated and they're falling (laughs) apart, right? So we understood. I totally got what she was meaning and therefore that gave rise to another conversation about, you know, not everything old is bad or you can take care of things even if they are in quotes old. It's really about you taking care of things, right? And then um, Randy (laughs) basically turns around and goes, well, because we're all all getting old. We are all in decay. We are all going to die. Everything is yeah, going to die. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was my like, God. Was she horrified? Great. <laughs> she wasn't, but it's really well, hard. now. if I were
0: her, I would have cried.
1: Because <laughs> then I was like, yeah, yeah, that is correct. You know, because it's so much closer now than when you're, you know, anyway. When you're four. Yeah. So, yeah, we are all, it's all I mean, you can just be decay. like, if
0: you want to see some decay, take a look at my toenails. <laughs> You think yours are all fresh and clean and pretty. You don't know it's under this polish, honey. (laughs) And my toenails don't look like anything, but I'm just saying they don't look like my hand. Even my hand. You can look at my hand and like, you can tell it's
1: decaying. It's everything. Dude, it's everything. Everything. I'm only 40, but it's like, you know, it doesn't look like a four-year-old hand for sure. Uh, For sure not. So, yeah. and it. So let's, why don't we just move from there into our tips for this uh, yes. episode? This yes, is so because uplifting. It, we're still. All right. Elsie's Tool Tips. So, um, you know how you, I wasn't connected? I think the last time we talked, I don't think that I had connection. I don't think that I had like a band. I, I had bandwidth, Where, poor yeah. poverty at that moment. I was poor in the bandwidth department. And um, I was trying to figure out um, a solution to this problem. And thankfully, I Mm -hmm. was able to kind of... Bandwidth broke. Bandwidth broke. Exactly. But I was able to kind of find my solution to this thing. And it was the most basic one. Mind you, we are staying at a house that has not been sold yet. It was the house that we all lived in before we left. And it's still on the market. So it's basically an empty house. It has water and it has electric. So, you know, that's great. But, you know, that's about it. And since we're going to be there for about a month, I was like thinking like of all of these different ways, you know, buying hotspots. Like, what should I do? I don't know. That's what's more cost effective. Should I? And then I talked to uh, Tina Dietz, Actually said, "Hey, if you want to talk this out, why don't you call me or let's chat?" And we actually did. And she gave me all of these like kind of ideas to just get my mind to kind of opening up. One of them was just like to ask my in laws, you know, to see what they have, and like you can have their app on their phone on your phone so that you can access things from different places and all that kind of stuff. There were like, you know, workspaces, I mean, working, what are they called? Working spaces? What are they called? Um, Uh, Yeah, yeah, workspaces. Workspaces, those things are around too, certain hotspots and things like that. But then I, but she was like, you know, you never know what's around your neighborhood. And so it kind of like opened me up to me like, you know what, I'm just going to call the internet company. I'm just going to call AT&T is what came into mind when I said, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going to call AT&T and I'm going to just be like, this is what's up. And so the guy gets on the phone, and of course, they all want to make a sale, right? And then after he finished his initial pitch, I was like, listen, dude, I'm only going to be here for a month. So if you cannot accommodate me for a month, that is it, then we sh- you should probably move on to your next person because you're not going to make a sale because I need a month. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, hold on. So he they basically what they did is AT&T threw me over to Verizon. So AT&T signed me up for Verizon Fios. And they made sure that I wasn't getting the installation fee, that I was a month-to-month, month, so there was no contract, and that's it. So basically, they came in, and the guy spent, like, I don't know, three to four hours setting up, like, a, this incredible thing for this house, for the Fios. Now they're, like, Fios accessible now, this house. And it's just going to cost me, at least for now, it seems like that whole first thing, it's around $70 for the month. I'm like, dude... That's like awesome. How about that?
0: I think that's awesome. Yeah. So I have like, like the coolest thing ever. I know. I can't I can't think of a time when I would need this, but it's cool that
1: you use No, but it. I, I know you're like
0: great. I'm just saying. No, that you but can, I mean like I I live near so much. I take it for granted, I guess.
1: Yeah. But what I'm also saying is that, you know, all those things that where it's like they have a fee, you know, an like installation fee and you need a two-year contract and all that crap. You can skip that stuff. Yeah. You can just do it for, yeah. And you can just ask for it. Which is weird. And and that Verizon and AT&T are in cahoots. That was another big... I was like, oh. Wait a minute. So, wait, what? I missed that part. You did cut out a little bit during your story. Okay. So, I'm calling... What happened with... How did AT&T and Verizon get in cahoots? I don't know. I said... I called AT&T and they said, oh, we can get you Verizon, is what they said. And then the guy said, we are not like what, what you see on TV that we are fighting with each other. That's not the case. We're in cahoots. Basically, that's what he said to me. Holy shit. I know. So, I didn't hear any of that
0: part of the story. I just was ignoring it. Wow.
1: I know, right? So, Actually, that kind of makes me feel good. So they're in cahoots. Because that so, means
0: that everybody's working hard to make sure we have good internet. Okay, good. I like that idea,
1: don't you? I do like that idea. But at the same time, that means, well, it's true. It's true. Well, we'll see. It's nice. It's nice. People work but together. But let's move on to another app that I think is going to be really great. And this okay. one is called Moves. It's the Moves app. It's a free app on your phone. Yeah. uh, On the iOS. And the reason that I like this is because it tracks what I do every day. And it, but it's not necessarily, I don't use it for what it was created for, which is it basically can tell you like when you're like running or when you're walking or where, when you're in a car or when you're bicycling. Like it actually can tell the difference if you have the phone on you. So it can tell you like how much of what you did that day. So Mm -hmm. I don't use it for that. I use it because more like a day minder, like I'll look back on stuff and say like, Mm -hmm. oh, uh, you know, what did I do on Wednesday? Or where did we go on Thursday? I can look back and then because it has geolocation, so it tells you exactly how long you were where. And so I use it more like as a journaling Like it's doing it for me. I don't even have to do it. So I can look back and go like, oh yeah, Wednesday we went to the museum. Oh, cool. All right. So Thursday we'll do this or whatever. Or so anyway, I just thought I'd share that because there might be some people that might want to do that. And then it also shows me like how long I was in these places and, and it's kind of makes me happy (laughs) because I can look back and did, did you know that I was held up? I think I told you about that, didn't I? no. I did. When? When? It was, it was like a couple years ago, <laughs> right in front. When? Right in front of my crazy neighborhood area that I told you that it was the crappiest area in town to ever live. What? Here in Pittsburgh. So we. I was held up like a block away from my house. Okay. How long ago though? This was in. Oh gosh. Two years ago, maybe two. Okay, okay. No, two, I didn't three years. know that, but uh,
0: I thought you meant like yesterday. And I no, was no, no, shit no. My pants.
1: no, 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 no. It was like a couple of years ago, and I was already <laughs> I was using this app. I was actually not on this specific phone, so it must have been when I was had my other iPhone, my iPhone five, and I had this app, and I always had it with me, and I was constantly walking and stuff, and it was so. <laughs> I know this is so bad, but when the police officer came back to take a statement, I could basically say how long this all like when I got to the location of where I was held up, how long it happened and how long it took me to get home and how long it took, like I could basically prove exactly the location of where all of the stuff went down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So anyway, I just thought I'd let you know. So wow. uh, geez. <laughs> Right. So I could like, you know, be like, I, he actually this inner you know, we went back and forth for five minutes and then, you know, I got off the bus at X amount of time and I could really tell him exactly the time when it happened. Like the exact moment. And Good I could prove God right now. So it's creepy. In case you get held up you can totally see G when it happened.
0: Can't wait to download it. <laughs> <laughs> you really sold it to me.
1: <laughs> anyway links will be in the show notes yes! as always yes run, don't walk run don't walk to get the moves app
0: holy crap oh
1: my god speaking <sighs> of
0: on the move that's a terrible segue yes it is speaking of moving and shaking nope not good either no
1: speaking of getting things done and getting a move on giving the move on getting things done and getting things done right yes
0: let's talk about team podcast
1: yes we we? can of course we can talk about team podcast. shall we yes we we shall shall.
0: yes we shall um so if you are coming to podcast movement you need to look for a very short cute lady who usually wears like a button-down hawaiian shirt short sleeve short hair and a southern (laughs) accent that's christy hausler and she's adorable And she is the CEO of Team Podcast. And she's very... She's not shy, but she does have like a very sweet accent. So cute. Anyway, um, so take a look out for her. And she's the CEO of Team Podcast. And you can talk to her in person and meet her in person so that you know how you feel about working with her. Because I think giving away your editing, your social media, your post creation, all that stuff, it takes a lot of trust. And so... You know, when you meet her in person, she gives you. She does give you a f- sense of security that she can take care of your things, and she's so sweet. They do everything for you that you don't want to do. You can outsource all of it. You can outsource some of it. So if you don't like doing the editing, you don't like doing the show notes, you don't like doing the social media, you don't like doing the um, WordPress post creation, the graphics. They do all that. They can do some. They can do all. They can do any of the parts that you don't like. Right, Elsie. Right on, baby. Absolutely. So, if you're not coming to Podcast Movement, you can check them out at teampodcast.com. Yeah. or as they say in Chicago. dot com.
1: dot cam. Because we're going to Chicago. We're going to Chicago. In fact, you know, today, as you're listening to this, it is July Fourth. It's your Independence Day, people here in the United States.
0: Holy shit! No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> Happy Independence Day! Happy Independence Day!
1: Happy Independence Day! So, yes. No. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) No, uh, let's talk about that for a second.
1: What? Independence Day?
0: Because it's July 4th.
1: Yes, it is. It is July 4th.
0: I have a secret. Okay, go for it. I like setting off fireworks in my backyard. Okay. But I don't actually do it myself because I'm afraid of fire, I make Scott do it. And we don't have really a backyard anymore. Like when we moved a couple years ago, we had this huge backyard and a rotting, not rotting, but like a, a tree stump in the backyard that we could stick the fireworks in. And then, you know, if it burned the stump, it wouldn't matter. And then so he would stick them in the tree stump and then run away and, uh, and they would go off. And it was super fun until one time it went over a little too far to the left and kind of landed on the neighbor's roof and it was on fire not the roof but the oh firework not we they're all like the roof. no but we were the afraid roof. the roof was going to right on be on fire because yeah. <laughs> because it was on fire and i was like oh my god their house is going to burn down but luckily it just went out and everything was fine which is but and also by the way <laughs> oh my god fireworks are against the law in Delaware so you actually oh. have to go over the state line and of course you can imagine that directly over the state line, and I do mean like one foot over, is a fireworks stand because they know that you can't buy a hotel where. So there's like literally the first exit is a huge fireworks store and you can get everything. And I mean, John, if you hear this and you want to get that audio from Joe Dirt, did you ever see that movie, Elsie, Joe no. Dirt? There's this part where um, David Spade as Joe Dirt is – he comes across a Native American uh, businessman who has a fireworks stand, but all he has are sparklers because those are what he likes the best. And he goes, you mean to tell me you don't have whiz bangers, snobs bangers, foos bangers, dipsy doodles, dipsy deedles? I mean he like named like a million ridiculous fireworks. Oh, my god. I didn't even know they had names. They don't. He, it was just part of the movie that's funny. I mean oh they do god. have names, but not like that. Like,
1: Where's good stuff, man? Good stuff. This is the good stuff snakes and sparklers.
0: Are you nuts, dude? You need stuff to explode. Go boom.
1: Why is that good?
0: <laughs> you might, might as well ask why is the tree good? Why is the sunset good? Why are boobs good? Man, firecrackers. So you're going to tell me that you don't have no black cats, no Roman candles, or screaming memes? No. Oh, come on, man. You don't got no lady fingers, buzzbuttles, snicker bombs, church burners, finger blasters, gut busters, doo or crap flappers? No, I don't. You're gonna stand there owning a fireworks stand and tell me you don't have no whistling bungholes, no spleen splitters, whisker biscuits, honky lighters, whosker doos, hoosker don'ts, cherry bombs, nips and dazers, with or without the scooter stick, or one single whistling
1: kitty chaser? No because snakes and sparklers are the only ones I like. Well, that might be a
0: problem. It's not what you like, it's the consumer. I love putting off uh fireworks and I don't think I can do it anymore. And then we go to a, my friend's house. She lives right next to a fire hall, you know, one <laughs> of the one of one of the fire companies that uh-huh. well you laugh, but this is more of a country area in Delaware, like Hockessin, Delaware. She lives next to the Hockessin Fire Company, and that's exactly where they T- put off the fireworks and so she has a huge yard and she just invites people to come over and bring a snack for everyone and then she puts out a table everyone comes with like a giant amount of something and then you have a buffet and you have a lawn seat to like the best show it's so much fun
1: uh-huh
0: july 4th is one of my favorite holidays i don't know if you can tell but I really yes like you're it.
1: very excited by
0: but by, by i'm it. super excited by july 4th i mean yes freedom and independence but also hot <laughs>
1: dogs and fireworks but also yeah so no, I I, I like it. It's been nice for me. I mean, it's what are you it's, gonna it's do good. this year?
0: What are you doing tonight, today,
1: uh, July Fourth? Yeah, t- uh, you know, probably like do some sparklers with the girls. Possibly see mm-hmm. some random fireworks around. I'm not sure where or how we're gonna go, or if we're just gonna hang out at Grandma's house and go outside.
0: Yeah, I mean Pittsburgh should have some kind of plan for
1: that, right? Yeah, there's stuff. Um, yeah. We've we've always had a really good time, so I'm not sure exactly what we're gonna do. Um, and last year we went, we were in Lake Lure, like in North Carolina up in the mountains and it was very nice. It's like right over a big, huge lake and it was beautiful and the girls had an exciting time and it was lovely. It was really nice over there. So much space. So yeah, we're going to have something. Something's going to happen. Something. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be really
0: great. Do you guys do a barbecue with your, with his parents?
1: Nah. Nah. They don't, they don't
0: barbecue. Does Randy not grill? No, he doesn't grill. Well,
1: dude, we barely have like a heater. We barely had like a stove to keep... The- I assumed his inside.
0: parents had a grill. Is that the wrong assumption? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I don't think... that Maybe there's one outside that's never been used that I know. So...
0: I noticed no. at the grocery
1: store, they have this little thing.
0: It's like a suitcase. Uh-huh. And you open it up and inside it's coals that have already been doused in lighter fluid. And then a metal piece on top of it. It's like a porta grill. Ah, and you can just like put your meat on it, light it up, and be done grill with it. it and turn that's kind of cool. Throw it out. It's like three dollars, dude. That'll anyway. be
1: maybe that should be something maybe we have in our ba- van somewhere. That would be nice. I mean, you sure, check it out.
0: It, may, it would make camping easier. I'm thinking. I'm, sure, I'm thinking it would too.
1: Yeah. Very nice.
0: Maybe if you don't see one, I'll mail you one.
1: Okay. Well, good. Um, but we do have a little bit of a shout out now happening here for um, oh yes the, the mighty um, shout out to the Mercer, to the Mercer, <laughs> to Mer Lafferty, who is a podcaster. Yay. Well, actually, she's a lot more than just a, in quotes, podcaster. She is a pod, one oh, of the podcasting luminaries. She's been around for quite a while, podcasting forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but she is uh, primarily a writer. That is what her vocation is and she's been writing for a a lot she actually co-wrote tricks uh, of the podcasting masters with rob walsh as well um so she's been in the scene for a long time her primary focus is like sci-fi type stuff like that and she's got like a series of like young adult type uh novel-ish things you know like and Mm -hmm. she podcasts the whole thing so she basically writes and then she it's sort of like audiobooks but as a podcast which is they're called patio book. So she's been a big patio book person for a long, long, long time. But dude, Netflix plans to adapt the her popular like young adult series and it's called The Shambling Guide to New York is actually what they picked up the rights for. Yes. Is that not the coolest thing? And they're like, they have plans to develop the book into a feature, which is rad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm really excited because when has that happened? I mean, awful. for podcasters and, and a woman at that.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. So, I'm so excited for her and she's such a nice gal. She
1: is awesome. She's and the best. She's, yeah. She's so she was cool. inducted to the um Academy Hall of Fame over The first year, right? The first year, yeah. She was mm-hmm. the first woman inducted into there into into there, into that thing. I know, and it's, I wonder if she'll be there this year. I'm not sure because I really enjoyed chatting with her it's uh, it's a challenge you know it's one of those things where she's been in the scene and she's very well known in the old school podcasting places and you know she she really understands what it is to be an indie podcaster to get yourself out there to have a following build because of podcasting and I, I guarantee you that this you know Netflix feature even though, you know, obviously she works as a writer and she has Mm -hmm. all this stuff, the amount of momentum that she has and the people that are fans of her work would not have really existed if she didn't podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there is this, again, there's this thought of like, could you imagine if somebody just podcasted their entire book? Like if you told that to anybody that's right now publishing their books, it'd be like, why would I want to do that if I want them to buy my book in Amazon, right? There, Mm -hmm. So there's like this this kind of like, thought process that it's free and that means that they can get it why would they want to go buy my book but actually what happens is the exact opposite you start to build a fan base of people who are of course getting your stuff for free but then afterwards they go and they buy your book which is like Sorry. out of control it's all right so um if you are i think that that would be a really great thing if you guys if any of you guys who are writing a book or are in the process of getting a book out into the world consider Podcasting it. Consider writing a little bit more about your process. Consider offering like behind the scenes looks as you yeah. put it out there, and and then just just do it. Just do it, and then have your book do released. It. And then that way you can really start to share your work and not think that somebody's going to take it, and know that you can build momentum of it. If you have, if you want to check out what um, Murr has done. I'll put links in the show notes yeah. to her work and whatever and then see that this is, you know, it's it's amazing. I'm just, I'm so excited for her. So, I want to do so so this so
0: bad. I started writing, I mean, I've tried to write a book before and um, I can't do it, but I can definitely podcast it if I ever find time yeah. ever again, I'll do it.
1: <laughs> well, you know, Malcolm God- Gladwell, you know, my, like I'm a big fan of his with the new revisionist history podcast that he put well, out. That's a cool ass podcast. I know, it's a cool ass podcast. You guys need to listen to that. But the thing is like the reason he's he's written a bunch of books and one of the reasons that he started his podcast now is because he didn't want to write a book. He wanted to kind of try something else to get his point of view across. So it's basically whatever thoughts he has that he would have written a book about. He is now instead of writing the book, he's just creating podcasts around it, podcast episodes around it. So he already has all of these things that have, you know, that he's been working on in his head about like, I don't know if you guys have ever read any of these books, but in, in like the book Outliers, which is one of my favorite, every, every chapter is kind of its own contained. It's, it's kind of contained on its own. It kind of builds on each other, but it's not a story. Uh, but it really builds and it builds on each other. And that's sort of what I feel revisionist history is going to do as well. It's sort of like an it's his work, but in audio with all the multi layered pieces of, because he tells stories a lot in his books and he shows examples. Um, and it's really powerful to have him do that and then have the person there speaking so that you get that story from that person. Really, really cool. If you guys want to also listen to the uh, interview that Tim Ferriss did with Malcolm Gladwell, he goes into the process and why he did it. And why he chose podcasting, and his uh, surprise at the power of the audio. Duh. Not to say that that's, a little bit, but you know what I mean. It's like the power of having somebody's audio in your ears, and how that really drives a point home. So, anyway, awesome. la la la. Oh
0: what my god! Next, next is like the next coolest, the... most exciting thing. Oh I've my god! Ever have seen you seen this? Have you seen this? Did you see that? I just need to know, like, when? When is it coming? Okay,
1: so here's what we're talking about, y'all. iOS 10 has new messages, fun things. And I had to put this in here because Jess and I do kind of message each other a lot.
0: Oh, my God. And it's never even consistent. I wish I could even say we only Vox, but it's like, actually, I would say, and tell me if I'm wrong, 70% of the time we're Facebook Messenger. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. I would say now I'm probably up to, like, 10 to 15 percent of the time boxer maybe more 20 yeah and then like 0.01 percent of the time we use messenger yes we we actually message each other's phone i I try not to do that because to be honest elsie i feel like it's an intrusion on your life like if if facebook messenger if you don't see that i know it's because you're busy But if I'm messaging your phone, it's really only if it's an emergency because I know even if you don't have Wi-Fi, if you're not connected, you'll see it. That's the only time I do that is when I know, know, know you'll see it because everything else is an emergency and therefore I don't want you to treat it as such. Got it. Yeah, I understand. And I don't know if that's your mental philosophy with it, but Not the boxer really. thing is just so that I can explain something without having to type that shit out. Yeah. That's basically. exactly
1: why I boxed <laughs> you yesterday because yes, I, I yes. could get that point across so much faster than me trying yeah. to type it all out. It's just giving so. me changes on our rat card.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So messengers has a new, new stuff and it makes me feel like I don't want to use other stuffs Cause this stuff is so, so cool. So go ahead, go ahead. I don't so wanna- yeah.
1: So no, this, this like, it, it's got this really neat things. I don't know if you guys know. This is, again, this is iPhone-oriented. I'm so very sorry for all of you guys who use no, Android and stuff Get like an that. an
0: iPhone, people, so we can all be connected and talk to each other. <laughs>
1: So, well, the thing with like messages and things like that is that, I mean, sorry, for with Facebook messages is that there's all of this extra bonus stuff that you can do, right? So you can send a a, a GIF, you can, you know, I, I don't know what it is about the messages. Yeah. Sometimes it gives you a little bit GIF, GIF, whatever. You can send them and I have different choices, like a sticker, um, you know, things like that. And then I really like the Snapchat stuff too, that you can take a picture of something and then you can write on it and point to certain things. Yes. Right? Isn't that neat? So anyway, those are some things that I feel are cool about those platforms, but it now in messages and WWDC, if for iOS 10, which I believe is going to be released sometime in the fall, um, you're going to have access to be able to do a lot more with your messages. And they are releasing a public API as well. So there's going to be stickers. Your emoji are going to be gr- growing big. You know, like if you only have a happy face, it will like grow big. So it'll be bigger than just a tiny little face, which I think is kind of cool. And also, if you don't even know how to use emoji, like if you tap on the emoji, you know, little area there in your keyboard, and you have already written a message, it will highlight the words that have corresponding emojis in them. So then you can just tap on it and it automatically will create that. So if you say, I love you, it'll highlight love and then give you a choice of all the different hearts that you can import, put in there, So which ridiculous! Is, isn't that amazing? amazing? And then it has like this ability to make things hit home a little bit more. So if you're like super, super excited about something, you can make it in quotes loud. So the message will come in <laughs> with big letters and then kind of land into small. It's really hard to explain. You guys are going to have to look at this. Or if you want to whisper something like and say something like, I love you like that, like quietly, then it'll make the letters really small and then it'll get back to normal. It's so fun. It's just fun stuff. It makes, um, there's like all this like really cool. Oh, you could write, you can handwrite your your messages back too. like, you could just make a heart and you can write on there instead of typing, which is awesome. You can, and again, you can write on the uh, photographs and stuff. Yeah. Go ahead, Jess.
0: I was going to say animated text. So like you can do like a smash effect where the words come in and smash on your screen. It's kind of like, um, or a heartbeat. It's kind of like, animations in PowerPoint or Keynote, the way yeah. you can make things like zoom in and out yep. and stuff. Totally. It's going to be really fun and cool.
1: So, oh, and what I really love about it too is like if somebody, you know how somebody will send you a message and you want to agree with them or you want to heart it or you're like, you know, if somebody says like, Ooh, you, you know, you sent me a picture of like Isaac instead of like writing back, Oh, how cute or love or something like that. You have the option of then highlighting the message and then it gives you a, a little like, like, um, choice of like making a thumbs yeah. up or a little heart or whatever, so that it automatically has a reaction to that. And, and it just makes it so much easier to communicate with it. Which yeah. is super super cool I, I just think it's really great and the API opening is that you can actually send people money like you, you'll be able to have apps you can have you can add apps to the messaging system so uh, making um, with with maps with paying for stuff or sending your friends money with being able to make um, reservations at a restaurant uh, all kinds of things that you can add to that so developers can actually add. Ways to do this for messages as well. So I feel that this platform is so much better. They're very, very smart. And a lot of the commentary that I heard about Apple is that, you know, the majority of people that are uh, using iPhones, the biggest the biggest apps on the platform are all messaging apps. They're all like the ones that message with back and forth, like WhatsApp or Mm -hmm. Facebook Messenger or Messenger that is already added to the iOS. It's because that's how people are communicating that way. So it's great to be able to add this just to the native app already. So it's, I don't know, I'm I'm kind of excited by it. I'm, I'm excited to see what people will do with it. I'm also excited to see uh, I like the word that was used like to emojify things like emojify, like things like are getting emojified all the way around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: It's a new way to communicate. So um, mm. anyway, so that was like, I'm very excited by that. Yay, I am too. Yay! yay. That's so, going to be super. What is up next? So that means we Oh my what God, we get the podcast awards troubles, dude. Oh, I know. This has been a problem. <sighs> well. Do you want to do a recap of it or do you want me to... I can do it. It's kind of okay. hilarious. Okay. Right. Um. So recap. On the, pod, Basically this is the podcast. Basically some jack
0: holes. Yeah, decided. but hold on.
1: Wait, hold on one second. Let's just make sure that they know. This is for the Podcast Awards over at the thepodcastawards.com. The yeah, this is podcastawards.com.
0: And it's run by, um, hosted by Jason Bryant. Todd Cochran of Blueberry was the founder And, you know, they were trying to keep it afloat, even though I guess it costs a lot. And it's a lot of organization and time that he probably doesn't have. So we had to do some donation and we had to pay to enter. And anyway, um, some jackholes figured out how to buck the system. And on Reddit and a couple other places, I guess, they figured out a way to automate the voting so that you could add something to your browser and it would vote. Either every time you clicked on it, or every day, or I don't know exactly, because I it's kind of it's the techie shit that gets complicated for me. But um, yeah, so they won, <laughs> yes. and uh, and now the award means nothing because they rigged it. And so Todd was like, "Yeah, they probably ruined it, and we'll probably never do it again because now nobody can be trusted." <sighs>
1: Yeah, it's very frustrating. But see, here's here's the thing, because this is such a it's not a black and white thing, though, Jess. It is. I feel
0: frustrated for him because it's a lot of work and it's yeah. been something he's done for a really long time and it was good while it was good. So I feel bad for Todd. And I mean, I guess I feel bad for the other people that were hoping to win honestly and now and, you know, real, you know, and have been pushing people to vote for them honestly and now don't have a chance because these guys screwed it
1: up. Well, see here, so here's the thing that's a challenge for this because they're called the People's Choice Awards, right? And the whole premise around it is to drive your community to vote for you because it's by, it's by the people for the people sort of, right? So it's about really inspiring your community to take action. And if you, if you kind of like just define it that way, then these people are geniuses Because they absolutely got their community, like one, it was their community members, one of their community members that created this bookmarklet to make mm-hmm. it easy for people to fill out all the stuff, which makes sense. I mean, I know that there was a need, and actually, you know, Heather Ordover, who was nominated as well for her podcast, Craftlet, as well as many other, um, you know, she podcasters, did post in the group. And she and other people, even like, you know, Kathy from The Special Mouth as well, she was trying to also advocate and push people, and Grammar Girl, Mignon Fogarty, to to drive their audience to come in there, we tried to make like a specific ticket in quotes to vote for all of the she podcasters, so that how fun it would be to right, have all right. them all be women, right? To drive a lot of us that were in that community. So let's say, let's say in she podcasts, which are now nearing to four thousand members. Let's say all four thousand members went back and said, you know what, we are gonna back this cause, let us all move together to vote for these women podcasters, even though we have not necessarily listened to all of them, but because we believe in women podcasters, we will vote for you. And this is the, you know, these are the ones to vote for. And we created a way for that to happen and for our community of she podcasters to more easily vote because it's a pain, dude. So it's a
0: huge pain.
1: So if we did that, we basically would be doing what these guys did.
0: Well, that's yes a, and no, right? Well, because we didn't – I mean, yeah, there are some networks that have a page that say, hey, here, vote for us. Here's the page. Here's the ones to vote for. and Here's the categories. But didn't they kind of like do something else like –
1: no, they didn't, they didn't do anything that was against, in quotes, the rules. They did nothing like that. They did not, like, pad votes. These were actual human beings that were going in there and voting for these podcasts. The thing is that they, they, they moved the community. So it was a lot of people who hadn't really listened to a lot of these podcasts. And some of these podcasts were, had really, really small audiences. I and- thought there was a bot. No, there was no bot. This is not a bot. This is just this, people? This is just people. This is a plugin. No, I'm sorry. A bookmarklet that was created. So this is an audience member easily adding a bookmarklet to any of their um, browsers so that they could easily follow. the. I, oh, you know what? I did not add the screenshots because I had screenshots here for you to see what it looked like. Let me see if I could put it I in. I kind of right – I've seen
0: – I think I've – I mean you can, but I've seen it. And then also I see I'm looking – I added a link in there for you. Um, his, he wrote a, like a, hi, I'm whoever. And I ruined podcasting or something like that. It's based on yesterday. All right, let's do this.
1: So here's so that you can look at what, what it kind of does. It's sort of like, you still have to choose who the, the podcast. It doesn't check
0: the circle for you. It doesn't fill in the bottom of the, well, then what's the point?
1: It's because it just on makes the left it, there. See, yeah. Look on the right on hand the right, side of the screen. There's it like just a, keeps the list next. Yeah, to you. yeah. So Big then, fucking deal. Well, but then the thing is, it's already it's kind of predetermined, and some you know some of those are pre-filled out. That's this is what I'm saying. There's a lot of people here like they actually did something that was incredibly smart. Smart. Oh, well then he's but, just crying like no, a big baby. No, no, he's not crying like a baby because there's a lot of these people that are doing it for nefarious purposes, meaning these people are like let's just let's just vote for this random podcast here because just to mess with things. Know what I mean? Let's just Yeah. Let's just but, make this guy's win. But the, the so it's spirit. all about intention. Yes.
0: So if we had done this for She podcast it would be
1: okay. Well, that's the question. It would it have no, been okay.
0: If it's not okay for them to mess with it, that's their value system, right? So it is. But promoting it, women is our value system. That doesn't make it fair, right? Exactly. So it's not fair.
1: It it the is way the way that the Academy does
0: it is fair.
1: You well, okay, May, possibly, yeah. The thing is that these is the people's choice awards, and that's what it was. And the thing is, there's always going to be someone super smart that's going to be able to move. The the and it was a bunch of different shows and different networks that got together so that they were able to join you know to bring more people to do this at once. So yeah, they did not. It really wasn't though.
0: It really wasn't the People's Choice Awards because you could only vote for podcasts that had paid. It's the People's Choice of people who have paid not the people's choice of all podcasts on on the planet and i know you have to narrow things down on some level but there should be a nomination i mean i know there's like a nomination and then there's like a i mean i guess we were nominated and so we paid the money
1: yeah it's Um, after the nomination that you would have to be to be considered so if you are but what if you can't afford i mean it was ten dollars i know but like i don't know if it's the people's choice and it's ten dollars you can get your audience to to donate a cent if you have don't at know. least hundred people, I haven't felt
0: the it. same about this award process as I did about the Academy. I feel like I don't know why. I mean, I realize this is the people's choice, but I feel like the people already vote by how many downloads everybody gets.
1: <laughs> I don't <laughs> like, think that's the case because again, we're talking about you know we're let's go
0: to Libsyn and see who fucking listens to the the show. Well, there you go, you I win. Think-
1: <laughs> well, there's no way that she podcast is going to ever have the same level of votes as something like no that's agenda. a little bit more open, like, well, maybe not even not no joint, no agenda. But I was thinking like of something that's a little bit more inclusive to everything, like one of the like a news type show or like Adam Carolla I'm um, Adam, something like Adam Corolla, something that's more entertainment. I like true. that's a little bit more like there's no, why would every, like, no, like even if we were, you know, featured on the front page of iTunes, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to listen to our show and go like, well, that was really great, but I'm not really that interested in podcasting. Like, I don't want to have this, like, this is not a conversation that I want to have. Like, it seems even to me that a podcast about parenting or even a podcast about pregnancy would probably have more people listening to it because there's always pregnant people. There's yeah. always people that are looking for that information. There's always people that are looking for parenting stuff like that. I, I feel that that would have a lot m- more. I don't know. Then. So Elsie. Yeah. You
0: and I have been tasked with um, having our own awards. And I yeah. mean, I'm not announcing it right now or anything. Right. I guess I just did, but like, <laughs> I'm not going to say when or how, how or why, or what they're about. All I'm going to say is someone has asked, Elsie and I, to do a women's or a she podcast type of award. So this brings up the question for me. Who weighs in? How do we decide the categories? How do we do it in an integrity, integrity? In a way that has integrity and honesty? In a way that people can't rig? Do we, I mean, do you make the voters register i mean like if we let's just say okay if it's the people's choice awards Mm -hmm. that means the audience votes Mm -hmm. so i think what they did is smart because the audience has a vote this is no different than when you launch a show and you reach out to everybody you know and you say look i don't care if you listen to the show i really want you to go rate and review it so i can get up on itunes you need to rate and review it because my show won't have success unless i can get a little more exposure and you're a big part of that please help me right Right, and and we teach to do that. Everyone right. teaches to do that, at least for the first couple of weeks. So winning this award is no different. To me, it's no different than that. You ask people whether you listen or not. Please vote for me because I really want this award, and I want you to support me. And you're a dick if you don't. Right. So on the one hand, I mean, what they did was really smart. But on the other hand, it it did kind of like I don't know. I guess in some ways, it did sort of buck this system. And so now I'm wondering, like, for our awards, like, do we want? audience to be able to participate or should we have like only our community participate and then are they going to need to register as part of the community in order to participate and see and here and, and i th- think they should and because i need i would like to be able to cross reference
1: so here's the other the other part of it too it's like there is no winning like there's no let me tell you who the losers are the losers are the people who create these awards
0: yeah todd yeah, he's the only loser I can see exactly. there because all that fucking work yep. for nothing. Exactly. I feel so badly for him. And he even, all that work.
1: He even got a, a death threat about that. Now not tell sure.
0: me, not where sh- is that? I want to see it.
1: Well, I'm not. sure. I have a feeling that that was probably not in a public place. It was probably emailed to him. So
0: how? Where do we see it? Like, how did you know that? It happened? Because
1: of the Slack group that I'm a part of, and oh, you know, no, I'm
0: so jealous of that group. And I'm so group.
1: there's a part there where it's like. It's really sad that it comes back to that and the oh, amount wait, of tell me this. negative, s- but listen, oh, the, the amount right, of okay. negative energy that comes out of that and what the kind of negativity and the kind of, of how would I say it? Like just violent, visceral, aggressive reactions from people who don't win or don't get what they want is really eye-opening, Jess. And this is the part that I'm not okay with because it, for whatever reason, the competitive edge, there is a sense of like, I deserve this around it. And that people are going to go like, this is what I'm afraid of this. How come there's not that much diversity on these in this awards? How come there's not, you know, you didn't talk about any of these type of women on the show on the awards. How come this wasn't part of the, like, it just seems like we, you can't win. It's like, it doesn't right. matter. Let's what just it call is.
0: it the white lady podcaster award.
1: You're right. <laughs> no, it's seriously, it's like, You're right. Everybody's going to have, well, where are the, where are these people? So to me, I feel that my sense is to give awards for things that you can't really fight for, or that you can't really just get.
0: Where I you- think our awards should have things like best rack in podcasting.
1: Yeah. That's what I if was thinking. If you have the best boobs, yep. you get an award totally. Like to do something super fun. Ramona well, something that is like that, where you can't, like, it's just for fun and to be able yeah. to really support all of us. And, you know, for somebody who has really helped somebody else out, you know, the best podcast that brought this awareness to somebody and to really award them for bringing a specific type of podcast or conversation into the mix, right? Not necessarily about how many downloads they have or anything like that. It's something that i feel it really behoo- behooves us to like look around and to have them be like more as a uh, people to see like to be able to highlight certain things without making it be like an award because like the best parenting podcast like it just seems like i yeah I don't am i to judge that i don't feel like yeah i don't feel like that's even a th- like a, a thing you know what i yeah, mean Yeah i kind of
0: want to have like hardest working lady in show business
1: yeah something along Ugliest those lines
0: cover art no oh my god <laughs>
1: Where it would be something fun and something that has to do with the the spirit of of who we are and and what we do, rather than let's just lay, like you know give awards for all of this stuff because it just seems like n- no matter what we do or how we do it. There's going to be people that are going to be all pissy about all kinds of politically incorrect, politically that didn't work. It's like, it, you know what I, speaking of, I don't even know if we talked about this, but there was that article that came out. Um, I think we did, might I'm not sure, where it had that, I think it was on Medium where it was like the top 20 women in podcasting or something like that. Do you remember that? Yep, where you yeah, you commented it was on there? Medium.com, yep, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So then... I don't think what we talked what I don't think we talked about or oh, and of course and everybody was up and atom because like the twenty women that were highlighted and that were all Procasters were all NPR people were all the pe- the women that were all part of, you know, Radiotopia or NPR or any of the, you know, you know, WNYC and all of those people that were doing that, that were both hosts as well as people who were advocating for more in quotes women in podcasting as well, because that's who, who they knew. And so um, there was a lot of complaints about that. So, what Rob Walsh did is he put out in his podcast four one one blog, he put out the eleven most um, powerful entities in podcasting. You see what he did there. He completely mm-hmm. changed it around, and he wasn't talking about people, which took the end which took gender and as well as any type of diversity out of the equation. Mm-hmm. And he just put entities into the mix, which was really just talking about the larger context of what podcasting and who was an influencer in terms of podcasting and what that meant because I thought that was really, really smart. And part of it is that he talked about the iTunes podcasting team, he talked about Libsyn, he talked about scripts um, as a whole, as an entity, Blueberry, PodTrack, SoundCloud, Podcast Movement Team, Podcast One slash Ace, AAB Podcast Technical Working Group, the, the Google um, Play Music Team, Overcast. And then he we had we had an honorable mention inside of there. And he really just went down and to see how that, that struck podcasting and how that influenced podcasting as a whole, but it wasn't about each person. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, I just thought that that was like a good, a good way to go around it. Uh, and that's a possible yeah, other way is. to do it.
0: It is. It is. Um, yeah. I guess it's complicated. Cause
1: everybody, I mean, just <clears throat> think about it. If we decided to make a list of that, We would still have people coming up to us going like, well, why wasn't I on the list? Or why wasn't so-and-so on the list? And why didn't you acknowledge this person over here? Right? Because that's the way people do it. Yeah. So. Can you just tell me
0: what type of person threatened his life? Like, was it a podcaster?
1: More likely. Yeah. Of course it was a podcaster. Yeah. Well, they threatened him.
0: Why? Because now they have no chance of winning?
1: It could have been either side. I have a feeling it was somebody that we'll see because this is what's been happening with that. The, the so this group that um, created this thing is called, I believe, the Diamond Group or the diamond something. And um they uh, the, you know they they have a Reddit. I'll put links in the show notes as well if you guys want to go read the Reddit boards because you will see also the type of people who did this because there's a sense when you read the Reddit conversations that there is not necessarily the most positive thing. Like it's not like a life affirming to me community based let's let's support each other, right? It's more like let's rig the system. You know that mm. kind of stuff. Um and then there's the people who really, really wanted this award as well, who really did uh, move audiences for themselves and didn't win. And so they are also upset because they feel that it's Todd's fault that this happened as well. So they're, he's getting it How from both. Exactly? Well, because of the way that the system is set up, because he didn't catch it. Ahead of time because he's somebody, dude, because somebody sent you a, this is what I'm saying, Jess, everybody can fight you on every side. So no matter what Todd says, he's the bad guy, no matter what he does, he's done something wrong and he's the one that's going to be crucified. Poor so, Todd, I
0: hate this. And
1: that's what I'm saying. And I kind of don't want that. I mean, I want to be able to create something where it's not about, that. of course there's going to be, you know, people that are going to, in some way, be disillusioned with something, right? Because everybody wants accolades. But I think that there's a part of, of, in the system possibly, that we can do something that is not based on this sort of, I don't know, I don't even know how to say it. It's so frustrating because it, in some way, somebody's going to feel dissed. And I know that that happens all the time. Uh, I mean, it happens you know, like in the Tonys and things like that and the Oscars. And there's always like, you know, people uh, sad about that stuff. And like, so so. you know, this movie was not nominated or there's not enough diversity in range. the Oscars. And now the Tonys are like all the thing. And, you know, Ham- everybody's into the Hamilton boat right now. But and, and it's an amazing. I mean, I-, I love Hamilton and everything that it stands for. But at the same time, it's like now you'll see like there, it just feels like it, it it overshadowed everything else. And, oh, well, Hamilton's going to win everything, you know, so that there's like, I don't know. It, it always happens. It always happens. Everyone has to have something to get upset about. Yeah. And I just don't feel like I don't want to feel that fire. And if you have a chip on your shoulder about that stuff, I don't want to be the one that's going to be like, well, why didn't she podcast win? Why didn't she podcast get nominated for Yeah, this, but you, you know? don't
0: threaten the guy's life. I know, but that... I mean, listen, when you think of, like, the classic curmudgeon bitter and angry podcaster, it's like Todd Cochran's face immediately comes up for me. Yeah. Because he's just that guy who's particular and opinionated and smart and maybe a little bossy. And, like, I mean, I get that he may not be, like, the... Ryan Seacrest of podcasting. Like, I get that. But
1: he doesn't deserve to die over his
0: awards. Like, it's so dumb. Exactly. But at the same... Come on! But here's
1: the thing, though. It's the same type of attitude that's coming to him. And there's a level of, like, immaturity. And Uh. people that... Are looking for a fight. You know, there, it seems like sometimes you cannot have any fun if you don't have this kind of like vitriol and it's little vitriol coming at you. And I would feel exactly the same way as, as he does, because if he wants to have something that matters and that really holds something and that, you know, he, he started this from a, a real, like just love for the community and that kind of stuff. Why would you want to continue when things like this happen and the amount of negativity that he receives around it? I would not want that in my life, especially when people are complaining about absolutely everything. The website sucks. The process sucks. Why do we do, why isn't this nicer? Like this is so lame. And it's this constant, you know, it takes a lot of work to do stuff like that and to manage it. And people always find a way to cheat. Mm -hmm. You can't take that away. So it's just annoying. And it's very sad because it, it does make people like us who have, you know, the best of wanting to do something good for the community to, to make me go, um, I don't know about that.
0: Yeah, I think that um he may not be your favorite dude, but he doesn't deserve to die. <laughs>
1: well, good. Well, let's clamor that.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> I just saw a picture. It just popped up on Facebook, um a picture of Boo. From Orange is the New Black, and she is a mohawk, and now I'm worried. Who's Boo? Um, I will show you.
1: Oh, great. Uh-oh. I don't even know what this thing is, so.
0: Those of you who are listening, you know who it is. Okay. Hold on.
1: What do you mean? I'm sure that there's people that are listening that don't know who Boo is.
0: Bull. You're the only one. Am I? Okay. Oh, give me a break. Yeah, you are. Go I ahead, I am though. so
1: not. Hold on. I I'm think looking... I look
0: like Boo. Oh, no. Oh, what? What have I done?
1: Get out. Who the heck is Boo. Look, <gasps> who is Boo? I don't even know who that Boo. I don't know who that is. Her name is Carrie Black,
0: and she is a very out lesbian character okay. on Orange Is the New Black. Bi- she's just a very out oh, lesbian character. Right. Period. She's also played like she looks kind of like Elvis, so she's been like an Elvis oh, impersonator in a lot of shit. Oh no, what have I done,
1: dude? I you look don't look like Boo. You don't look like Boo. Ah, You're, I need
0: to go get eyelash extensions and a spray tan right now. Your
1: hair color is not. Why are you looking at Boo anyway while we're recording?
0: I'm telling you, I was looking at Mark Johansson's thing, and and then my feed, I I refreshed, and she came up in my feed. I'm not looking. Okay. Never mind. You're right. <laughs> it just so happened.
1: Okay. I say stick to it. We'll see how. This is what I'm saying. I did not want to look like Sadie Nardini. I did not want to look like that. Therefore, I'm I right did there not want to shave my head. To now, look mind her up you, again, hold on. I understand how you feel, but you do not look like Boo. Plus, she has straight hair, and you don't.
0: Okay. I- I see Sadie Nardini and here's what I'm saying to you. Yes. I just meant one side, not yeah. a punky mohawk.
1: Well, look. no no no, but did you see the images?
0: I'm looking at the images. Does she have she one has, side somewhere? Uh-huh. If you look it. at
1: all the different cl- all the different things that she's done with her hair. It's like she's been doing this kind of crazy. stuff forever. The mohawk looks
0: good though, actually,
1: but I, I know never she looks a mohawk very cute. like that. But it's like, it's very cute. But she does have the one side thing on, like a lot of them, when she had the longer hair, she would do the one side shavy thing on the side. Oh
0: my God. I guess I do kind of have a mohawk like that. It's just curly. Oh, Yay! yay What have I done? Dude, I didn't mean for it to even don't be freak out. The short. It's You're just that fine. I screwed it up. And it's fine. And it's, it fine. And it's very cute. Anyway, it'll grow. All right. Okay. 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 Uh, let's talk about. Should we talk about packing, or should we talk about work-life let's, balance? I let's think we do, talk about let's packing. Go. The other thing. You won't.
1: think so? But then so here's the Key. thing: though we don't have that much time anymore because we're going to have to wrap it up here very soon. So.
0: I mean, why don't we just refer them back to the last episode that we talked about packing, yes, which was like let's a do year that. ago? So, if you want, so put the link in the show notes. Yes, I, I will. And let's take a look at which one that is. Hold on a second. And where we talk about packing.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's packing mm-hmm. for. Podcast movement, of course. So, you guys can listen to that. There was a request about that. So, if you're prepping to go to the podcast movement, there's a link in the show notes right away. So, you can actually f- find the link if you're listening to um, any of your podcast apps of choice. You can just tap yeah. the screen. Usually, the show notes come up right there, and all of the links that we refer to on the show are available right there. You can tap into that and see the episode and listen to that episode. Which I'm going to find really it right one. now.
0: Hold on. Here we go, number fifty nine. Conferencing tips, podcasting, and packing. Okay, and we're actually doing a little bit of promo in there for our um, course. We did a um, workshop last year, so just ignore that. But we talk all about what to bring. Elsie talks about what to bring. It's really, I think, one of our best shows.
1: It is. It's very fun and actually, exciting. I and thought it was fun. One day we will, re- you know, we will revisit. But today, right now, we're actually going to listen to. Um, Aaliyah, tell us something. So for the next three minutes, hold on just to your horses. We're going to hear a little bit of feedback.
2: Hello, Jess and Elsie. Aaliyah here from Eastside Yoga in Washington, D.C. Not a podcaster yet, but I have some exciting things coming down the pipe. And I know I've been saying this for months, but it's really true, I swear. Um, But I wanted to call in with a little bit of feedback about Isabella and some things that she said um, on your show, and I'm totally blanking on her last name, so I apologize. But she talked about, you know, really loving what you do and doing what you love and how if you're thinking about your life in terms of work-life balance, then you need to rethink what you're doing. Because if what you're doing feels like work, then it must not be what you truly love and you shouldn't need to... Feel like you have to balance out whatever it is that you spend your days doing because you should love it so much that finding balance with it should not be something that concerns you. Or at least that's basically the gist of what I understood she was saying. And I have to say, I completely disagree with this. I am fortunate enough to be able to say that I absolutely love what I do. I am living a dream career now run my own yoga studio, and I'm building a small media empire based on it. Super exciting stuff, and I love it. Does that mean I love every single second of every single day? Absolutely not. There are lots of things that I have to do that I don't necessarily enjoy, and it's not necessarily worthwhile to outsource them, at least in this stage of my business. And I think that There is a pervading idea out there right now that when you find what you love and do what you love, it means that your life is going to be cloud nine all the time. And frankly, I think that's really dangerous. I think that it's important to be clear that even when you love what you do, you still have to work hard. And that's okay. And if you're working hard, it's important to prioritize self-care. You still have to find some balance. It's important to make time for things in your life that are absolutely unrelated to your work. Even if you love your work, it is still work. It takes work. It takes energy. And it's something that you need to take time to recharge yourself from. And so I just you know, really kind of took issue with her saying that because I feel like it's perpetuating what I think is this sort of harmful and unrealistic idea that it is possible to have a life where every single moment is ice cream and puppy dogs. I just don't, think that's true. Um, and there's actually a fantastic article out there on the internet and I'm so bad with names. I'm forgetting the guy's name, but the, uh, the article is called screw finding your passion. And it's this really great article that says exactly this, which is yes, figure out what you love to do and find a way to do it, but don't fool yourself into thinking that it's not going to be hard work. It is going to be hard work and that's okay. So if Anything I said here resonates with anybody who's listening to this. Google screw finding your passion. I'm sure the article will come up. Give it a read. I highly recommend it. Um, and that is what I had to say today. Thanks so much for listening and sharing. Love you guys. Mean it. <laughs> All right. So there we have it. What do you think, Jess?
1: I mean. <laughs> I mean.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think she's right in that. <laughs> Shut you up. always start that I think she's. I think she's right in that whenever you say like, oh, you should be doing something you love, like not everyone can afford to do that. Not everyone can quit their job. Not everyone can love every second of everything they do. Like I've done this agency and it's been very hard. A lot of it is work that I don't enjoy. A lot of it is work that is hard work. Uh, It doesn't mean I'm not doing something that I love to do, which is help podcasters. But it does mean that like, there are parts of it I don't love that I wish I could outsource that like she said I can't afford to yet or it's not practical it has to be me for whatever reason and it's just difficult so yeah i kind of agree with her i hate when people say you should be doing what you love all the time it's annoying and it's it's misleading about I just, life in general
1: right and i get i get the misleading part of it which i completely and utterly agree and here's the thing though i have a feeling and this is this is why i was like oh it resonated with me a little bit more than it resonated with you guys because what it was, it was really two two things number one there's there's a lot of us you know out in the world that are actually not living a life that they you want to live like that like it's it's more about you know the type of work that you're doing or you, you decide you know you want to be x kind of person, but you feel that you're stuck in a specific type of job. You decide that you have no control over it or you're constantly complaining about your job every time you go inside of your job. It's like, it's such a pain in the ass. It's like, you hate it. You're looking over, you know, forward to the weekends every single time that you get a weekend and knowing that Monday's coming just makes your stomach not a knot. That to me is a misalignment. And that's what I feel that Isabella was talking about, that she was really talking about the core of a life. And not necessarily thinking about, you know, a, 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 a two completely different things. There's like your, your life, you know, the life that you live, like when you wake up and like the weekends and things like that. And there's work. Mm-hmm. And that work you go and you just go to work and that's not fulfilling for you, but you have to do it because society tells you this is what you have to do. That's what I'm talking, that's what I'm thinking about with that she was talking about. This is not about like, Ooh, even if you follow your dreams, you will always be happy and it'll all be puppies and ice cream. You know, it's not that it's the fact that there's a lot of us that are feeling as if we cannot make these choices because this is what society tells us we have to do. We have to, you know, go into work, even though we hate it because we need health insurance and this is what we got to do. And we have no other choice. And therefore that's what we do. And then we, you know, live our life on the weekends and we do what we want to do. And you dream about having the life that you want. So I think that there's a lot of us that can take responsibility for ourselves and not be, you know, irresponsible with what you do have a choice. You can actually go somewhere else and do something else. You can change your life. You can choose to do something different. You can change your mindset about having to go into work in quotes, having to go into work and and shift that attitude towards it. And yeah, it's going to suck sometimes, but you know what? You have all of this other stuff that can come to you. So it's really about them. To me, it's more about the mindset. So yeah, I understand what you're talking about, Jess, that there's some people who can't quit their jobs and do what they love right? Mm -hmm. You can't because you have to. My husband can't. Yeah. So there, because you have to do these things. There's your, you know, you've got responsibility, you have all this stuff, but there's our ability to kind of change our mindset and be able to really allow yourself to see what gifts you really do have as cheesy as that might sound to be able to shift your perspective and not be able to create like, Oh, I have to do this, but see it from a completely different perspective to make it feel that it's not this or that. And yeah, there's going to be times when things. Suck. That's built into life because, you know, even giving birth actually sets you up for that. As a woman, when you give birth, it's not a happy go lucky little process. You have to, you know, it's, it actually is a violent, aggressive, thing that hap- actually happens to you, <laughs> where it is, it is, and it is violent in, in its process because it is, and it's all, and it's, it's primitive, it's bloody, it is dirty, it is, you know, painful, all of those things. But at the same time, you can't go into it with this incredible fear about having that happen to you and you be just like, you know, a process into it, there's a way that you can empower yourself. To you know, just like anything else, you can make you know, yeah. do your research and you can figure it out. You can choose the way Got you want it, your to have
0: career it. to do the things that you actually like to exactly. do in the company instead of just being in the man room or what whatever. I'm saying.
1: So I understand where she sees, and I understand that there is, and that what she was talking about happens a lot more in in quotes the path. I've seen it more in yogis. I've seen it more to people that really look to yoga for this because there is a misunderstanding that if you go into yoga or you start to have a meditation practice or you start to, you know, do all of the things that the, the practice or the philosophy of certain yoga philosophies, you know, guide you to, or as teachers, we guide you to, there is a misunderstanding that it's all going to be blissful and happy. And from now on, you will not have a care in the world. Whereas, you know, practicing Hatha yoga, which is what most people practice Hatha yoga here in the West, the root word is hut, which is to strike. So it is a forceful yoga. That's what Hatha yoga actually means. It's a forceful yoga. It actually makes you feel uncomfortable it makes you have to engage in ways that does is not yummy it doesn't feel good it makes you want to scream it makes you want to hit the teacher that's what happens in a lot of yoga classes that's actually part of the process which takes you to the place of that balanced state or that calm after the storm if you will it's okay. built into the system but there is a misunderstanding and so I give uh, uh you know I so completely understand it's
0: hard so hard to do for yeah, people yeah
1: but still I kind of like the idea of starting to, to, to shift a mindset because I'm if, if I'm doing exactly what I love here, right, with this podcasting thing and working with podcastings and, work, and in podcasting in this way, I have so much freedom. And do I have to do, do I actually do everything that I love all the time? No, I, I don't. I don't at all. But I could sit here and bitch about it and be sad about it and be, you know, grumpy about it or I can... Kind of, you know, it's part of the process and it's just what we do. So mm-hmm. I can make myself a, suffer, a suffering, you know, Mary or whatever, or not. So yeah. it depends. It depends. Anyway. This that is it, a
0: tough topic. Because... It is a top, top, tough
1: topic. And then we've had a lot of, re- you know, responses from our uh, women who, who have actually agreed. And that Isabella did give them something to think about because you, you know what I mean?
0: It, just, it shouldn't be miserable, but it shouldn't be romping in the fields either all the time. No, That's the
1: thing. because you wouldn't know what romping but in the But you should feel is.
0: like you're doing the thing you're meant to do on some level exactly. and that you're helping people on some level. Yes. You know, I've had a lot of conversations like this um, with my daughter recently. And the reason why is because she, well, I mean, people who listen to the show know that she is a recovering addict And she dropped out of her senior year of school to be an addict, and now that she's recover in recovery, well, she's just had a lot of trouble lately because her boyfriend, who's a year younger, just graduated, and he's going to—I mean, he's not going away to college, but he'll be going to college. He had his prom; they went to senior week, and like, she's really realizing all the things she's missed, and she's sober for it, which is difficult, and so. She's drowning in so much failure that she feels like she can't get to a point where she's doing something like what I do. Like she'll never do anything important because she blew it already. And she's 19. You don't I know blow your you life, life at 19. It's so ridiculous, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. But you can't.
1: You can't. Sometimes teach that you sometimes. can't
0: get to it. Yeah. Sometimes you can't get to the point where you're like, okay, I can see where I have a shot. Because you're so busy ruminating over the shit you have you exactly. you've blew that ruined or missed. But like my first business coach was an ADD coach. And I was always like, I don't know what to do with my life. Why am I here? What is my purpose? And she said, you don't have to figure that out right now. Just decide what you're going to do for the next like two years. What are you interested in? Go after that. If it changes, it changes. But don't make it like, look, at the time I was 30. She was like, what do you have, like 25 years left to work? You don't have to decide the next 25 years of your life. Just decide what you're going to do for the next, like, two or five. Yeah. Then change it if you want. You can always – and I was like, oh, my – it was such a relief. It was such a relief to feel like even if I chose to do sales or if I chose to do journalism or if I chose to do whatever, it's only for right now. She can be a makeup artist now, and then if she decides she doesn't want to stare into anybody else's face anymore, she could go to law school. Or she could go to be a cop or she could, which is I know sounds ridiculous because she was an addict, but she's kind of before that she wanted to be a cop. Ironically, right? You guys can still do whatever you want. Like you can still have your nine to five job and come home and, and take webinars on how to be a social media marketing person or how to be a makeup artist or a life coach or a massage therapist. whatever, whatever you want to do. It's all there. It's in podcasts. It's on YouTube. It's online. Just start teaching yourself. Start teaching yourself how to do the thing you like to do. And then slowly you can transition from what you're doing now. If it truly is something you feel like you're not meant to do or that you're in a living hell, which most podcasters, I would think aren't like that. But some of you are podcasting because you don't work in the, in the field and you have a passion for it. And so if you want to become more what you talk about or do, it's not difficult. I know it's hard to find the time, but. It's the kind of thing like podcasting. You carve it out because you must. Because you must. That's all. I mean, anyway, so I've been trying to wade through this with Emily. And when you're depressed like that, you can't really think about what you like to do because really you like to do nothing because you don't have any, you know, you're just depressed. There's no spark of anything in there. And so how are you supposed to figure out what you like to do when you're depressed? Nothing makes you happy. It's hard. So I always say, think back to when you were little. What did you like to do? What was your favorite thing to do when you were little? Was it draw? For me, I used to play Barbie, and she was the head of an ad agency. Are you surprised? <laughs> <laughs> and she was a rock star. Does that make any sense? Mm.
1: <laughs>
0: she was either – it was Gem in the Holograms.
1: Yes, of course, Gem.
0: Yes, Gem. Or Barbie worked with Darren Stevens, and she used to present to um, Larry Tate all the, co- you know, the clients in their ad campaigns. Oh, my God. I'm not even kidding. That's so perfect. I know. That's crazy. But think about that stuff. I mean, it does give you a window into who you
1: are what you're meant to be, yeah, and we'll see exactly. and and so I, I get it. you know there the the thing is if somebody thinks that everything is going to be peaches and cream their whole life, that is really it's the same exact issue as somebody that thinks like you just have to suffer through life. It's basically the same attitude, really mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because the expectations of like you being raised, to a thing that, that, that life is a, is a sacrifice, life is suffering. And life is meant to be peaches and cream and all bliss. There is a deeper understanding to both of those teachings. There is a very, I was say, that, it's a
0: multi- that's actually, they're both true. Yeah,
1: yeah, there is a deep, deeper resonance. It's like not that easy. So it's not like you just take it at a face value. You have to go into it and see where, what the deeper truths are. And there's going to be a point, if somebody really thinks that, if somebody thinks like, oh, well, life is suffering their whole life, yeah, just at face value to me, that's not a mature, like there's a level of immaturity that happens to just the way that we are as humans. If somebody thinks it's just going to be peaches and cream, it's the same thing. It's like, there's a deeper approach. It's our choice and it's our life and it's our responsibility to dive deeper, to test it, to question it, to shift it, to iterate, to realign to, to see where it's true when it's not, to go for it and not. It, you know what I mean? It's not for ever somebody else to say, if somebody told me that, like, I want to challenge it. I like it that we got this feedback to be able to then yeah. talk deeper about something and not leave it at face value, to understand that there are all of these different layers to what can be true about it and what it doesn't. And that has nothing to do with the person that said it. Because all of us have our own experiences in the world that we get an opportunity to then defend and change our mind about, mm-hmm. and that's really what creates a responsible and uh, constantly progressing human experience collectively. So, yeah. Anyway, there's <laughs> there's that, guys hey there you go hey there you go (laughs) and i think that we need to you know bring it to a close here because uh
0: if you are listening the second that this comes out and you're going to be in chicago see you
1: tomorrow oh my god i can't believe you see you tomorrow how exciting
0: or if you're on the plane, see you later. See you later, <laughs> Allie. I know,
1: right? Yay. Oh my God, that's amazing. So if you're listening, I can't wait to see you guys. But if you have any feedback, please send it over to feedback at shepodcast.com. We would love yes. to play whatever your thoughts are so that we can continue to deepen the conversation that way. And um, you know, uh, we will come back to you guys with lots of things to say about podcast movement after yes, you know yes, yes. we'll see we don't know what the next episode is guys just to let you guys know it might be us it might be christy hausler
2: <laughs> <So, laughs> yeah
1: so we don't know there yet you have so yep. um uh yeah there might there will be an episode on monday next monday but i'm not sure exactly what's going to be yet i'd like to
0: record one with you while we're Me there. too, i know but I, can't. I think we can i think we can but, yeah but I don't well, know. we'll
1: see we'll see what happens
0: yeah. so all right, so, yep. you guys, have a good time. Have a yes. great week, no matter what. Yeah. And we'll see you soon. Yay! Bye-bye!
2: Bye!